Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Take It to the Bank. I got a special guest host with me. I got my boy Kyle J. Andrews with me, and it is... It's the day of the Hall of Fame game. We were just merely hours away from the Hall of Fame game, the Ravens' first preseason game of the year. They have five total, and we're going to do a quick preview rundown, get you ready for everything you need to know for the Hall of Fame game. And Kyle, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Covered a bunch of practices. Everything was going pretty well. Just getting involved in that stuff. This is my first year covering a team at practice all the time, going to training camp, going to every single practice I possibly can go to. So, I mean, this has been interesting. It's a different experience for me. So I am very excited. Absolutely. And we've been there together. We kind of make jokes. We laugh at each other because, you know, sometimes you ask some some weird questions. Who knows? It's either here nor there. But um, here, here's what I want to ask you real quick before we get into the preview is training camp. Who have been your big standouts so far? Oh, my biggest standout so far I really like Mark Thompson. I don't know about you. I know you're, you're a big DeLance Turner guy. Um, Mark Thompson has stood out a lot. I know he got into a fight a couple of days ago at practice um, with Chris Wormley. But when he did get into that fight, one thing that I saw was Joe Flacco pulled him aside and they started laughing together. I don't know what that meant. I know it, 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 you got your eyes rolling a little bit. I see you over there, but like, you know, Mark Thompson's been really good in pass protection. I don't know if that's – he could be Joe Flacco's best friend on a third down when they need, you know, that extra pass blocking from a running back because he has been a better pass blocker than any of the other running backs that have been there um, so far this this uh, training camp. I know that's a tall order from him, but he's been my biggest standout, like – from an undrafted rookie perspective. Come on, dude. Seriously, because they were, they were laughing? Everybody laughs. It's training camp. You know, what are you, what are you talking about here? But I, I think that, that that's Buck's role, and it could be Kenneth Dixon's role as well. So I'll definitely dispute that for a little bit. But a guy that I really liked was Chris Scoop and Score Moore. I'm just going to start calling him Scoop and Score. Uh, he was incredible. I mean, he had that circus catch where we became famous from that picture from the Ravens training camp videos. And uh, he's been really good. His route running looks crisp. And he seemingly looks like a like he's taking that next step. And I don't know if it's Bobby Ingram working with him in the offseason or what it is, but he's definitely taking that next step. And another guy I like, and we talk about this a lot off the air, and I'm going to bring this conversation to the air, is Brashad Perryman because to me he's looked so much better. The only criticism that I can have at this moment with Perryman is he still alligator arms the ball. Where he still he just doesn't have the right technique when you're catching the ball. And I don't know if it's just old habits die hard or what it is, but he's not – putting his hands in that diamond kind of shape and it, it's going to be an issue for him like it has been pre in previous years yeah I mean I agree with that I think Pearman he has looked good especially in special teams if uh, no one's been really paying attention to uh, special teams as much I know usually you don't look at what guys could do as gunners 
but Perriman has looked pretty good for whatever it's worth. And I mean, I think that's where he makes the team. And I know before I said maybe as a kick returner, I don't, I mean, obviously not. He's not, I mean, he's, he's a tall guy and you don't you usually don't see six foot three kick returners. Um, but at the same time, and he's not the quickest of guys. You want a quicker guy to be a kick returner. Tim White's been that guy. He's been really good at punt returns as well, but back to Perriman and he's, just been he's been a lot better in practice I mean his route running looks better his hands although he has had those uh issues with trying to alligator arm the ball and like clasping the ball instead of you know putting his hands in that diamond shape as you said before it's still been you know I would say a lot better than I would have expected from Perriman and the last thing I want to get to is I think this is interesting because you brought this point up and I didn't I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't really think about this until you kind of brought it up in your article you did a training camp notes article on July 31st and you brought up the point that Flacco's like tallest centers have been around six four ish you know with Matt Burke Jeremy Zuda and Ryan Jensen and then this and Skura is he's around that height as well and Skura is gonna play center or, or he's in the competition but now Alex Lewis is also in that. Uh, center competition as well. He's been getting some snaps there, and I think he rises at this point. He's winning that job, and he's six six. So as like a former offensive lineman, as you are, what do you think? How does that change? Does does it change anything? Is that something to put stock into, or is it just a, a non-factor? Well, I, de- I definitely think it's a factor because the biggest thing with you know having a taller center when you are a taller quarterback is that the exchange goes better. I mean, when you have to squat lower. Sometimes that causes you to trip over your feet. Um, Flacco, I, don't, I know everybody remembers uh, Geno Gradkowski. And when you have a center with that kind of exchange, and that's your starting center, um, and you got a six foot six quarterback, that won't work as well. However, one thing that I've noticed too is that Matt Skur, I feel like Matt Skur right now has been Lamar Jackson's choice at center. Not maybe he hasn't come out and like said neither one of them are going to come out and say like who they like better at center. It's almost like a catcher in baseball. Who's your personal catcher? Who's the guy that you had the best rapport with? And I feel like right now Flacco's guy is Alex Lewis. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson's guy is Matt Skur right now just because the exchange has been a little bit better. Alex Lewis and Flacco are about the same height. Exchange goes smoothly. Um, you don't have as many problems. Matt Skr, uh, Lamar Jackson are about the same height, really smooth exchange. But then when you start mixing the two, when you have like Matt Skr with Flacco, it's still good, but it's not as crisp. Same thing with Alex Lewis going to, uh, going to Lamar Jackson. So I feel like down the line, maybe they could get that rapport together, Alex Lewis and Lamar Jackson, because that's what it will be in the future most likely. That's an interesting point, and I will say the Ravens, for when I've been there, it's kind of been an even distribution where they've been putting Lewis and Skura, rotating them with both teams and both quarterbacks, I should say, rotating in and out but from left guard to center. You know, Obviously, not having Yonda out there definitely affects their rotation, but I want to ask you, do you, what do you think, if you had the guess today, and it's, it's August 2nd, so obviously there's a, a whole month until everything kind of finalized. But if you have to guess today, what would you say the starting line should be, I should say? Maybe not what it's going to be, what you think it should be. Yonder back, you have Stanley Lewis is left guard, not the center. That's when he's the best center on the team. But at that same time, do you want to leave that gaping hole at left guard? Unless you're going to put Hurst at that left guard spot 
And I mean, it gets confusing. It depends on what you want to do. Do you want to have a bigger line where they had last year where it was, you know, run blocking wise, they were doing very well on uh, on run blocks. It was a lot more powerful. They were getting all exploding off the ball. If you want to do that, you go with um, you go with uh, Alex Lewis center. But I don't know yet. So, I mean, it could be it could either be Stanley uh, Hurst at left guard. Um, Alex Lewis at center, Yonda, and then Orlando Brown Jr. Because Orlando Brown Jr. has stole the job. I mean, that job is his to lose at this point. He's been killing it. He's been his footwork looks amazing. Um, he looks like a technician. But I know everybody always talks about how good of a technician Stanley is. But Orlando Brown's footwork has looked great. And I think now when you have a guy like Orlando Brown that has played left tackle. And you move him over to right tackle. And his footwork, he doesn't have two left feet. Kind of like a – he's like a dancing bear out there. He's huge. His footwork looks good. They've even been sliding him to left tackle sometimes and moving Stanley over to right tackle just like, you know, just to have them practice their footwork. But I think eventually Stanley – if Stanley gets hurt, now you got a guy that can play left tackle. You got a guy that has that footwork that, I mean, he's always played left tackle. He's not really been a right tackle, but he's been looking really smooth at right tackle. So you got a left tackle playing right tackle and you got a left tackle playing left tackle. That's a really good problem for the Ravens to have on an offensive line. That's so interesting to me. You talked about Orlando Brown getting reps at left tackle, not to take over the job, but just to get more reps. Because if Stanley does go down, what are you going to do? I mean, last year, Stanley missed that one game against Green Bay, and they put James Hurst at left tackle, and it was a nightmare. He struggled immensely. So they definitely need a better insurance policy there for Stanley. Uh, if, I were had, if I had to guess today, I would say I agree with uh, the second lineup you said, I believe, where Stanley's my left tackle, um, James Hurst is my left guard, Alex Lewis is my center, right guard is obviously Yonda, and my right tackle is Orlando Brown Jr. I think that that lineup – athletically, physically, just gives them the best opportunity to win. And I I really like Skura, but I think Skura, one, is just better as a guard, but I don't think he's better than Hurst. And I just don't think Skura, at, at the pro level, I don't think he's ready to, to take on the center responsibilities. I think we've seen what he's done a little bit in the pre in, in training camp. I'm not too impressed with him against the bull rush. I mean, Willie Henry completely dominates him. Brandon Williams got the better of him sometimes. I just think that at times Skura has shown me, and, and again, it's only the training camp, so I can't make a ton of, of takeaways. Obviously, the preseason's going to be more important, but at this point in time, I got to go with Lewis at center. He just gives him the best chance to win. But I want to move forward. Quick Hall of Fame game preview. Again, this is their first of five preseason games, so do not expect to see a ton of starters. Joe Flacco probably isn't going to play. I'd be surprised if Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie C. I'd be surprised if any of them suited up. They might play a series, if that. Uh, Alex Lewis probably won't play much. Javorius Allen probably isn't going to play much either. Obviously, you know, Yonda's not playing. He's still on the pup list. Ronnie Stanley likely won't play. I'm curious to see. What, I think Alex Lewis and Matt Skura and Orlando Brown Jr. might play a couple of series here and there, but... Uh, and then def defensively, you look at Suggs probably isn't going to play. C.J. Mosley probably isn't going to play. Judon, Smith, obviously, Jefferson, Weddle. I mean, pretty much most of the starters on the defensive side of the ball probably aren't going to play. They're going to give them the extra rest. Because if you think about it, the Ravens have had an extra week of practice, and I, I don't want to jinx them, but as of right now, they are relatively lucky with their health. I mean, you look at teams like the Chargers who have lost several key starters already. I mean, Jason Verrett, you know. So there's – and you – and the Steelers as well. I mean, Marcus Gilbert suffered that kind of scary injury, right? So there's a couple of 
no, notable in, in injuries all around the league that, to me, scare, if I'm the Ravens, would scare me, and I would want to be extra cautious with my guys. But I want to start with the quarterback position. Obviously, we know what everyone's going to want to talk about, Lamar Jackson. RG3 probably is going to get the start. Break me down. What are you looking for from, from all three quarterbacks, Griffin the third, Jackson, and Josh Woodrum? Who do you think is going to have the best performance? Just break it down for me. What, what am I looking for? So I think the biggest thing with RG3 is that are you looking for his accuracy? I know we've been seeing him in camp. Um, RG3's look pretty good so far in camp. Um, I'm, I want to see that. I want to see his accuracy. I want to see the ball fly out of his hands. Um, you know, is he healthy? Is he fully healthy? And he was looked at during camp. So he's had a whole year to recover from whatever, you know, ailments he's had. Um, full year to get his body in the right kind of shape. He he hasn't taken any hits. Um, so you're going to see that. And I think eventually RG3 becomes a trade piece. I don't think he'll be on the team at the end of this. I mean, at the end of camp. Um, but he does make a, a enticing trade piece for a team if he does show out that he can, um, you know, ball against these guys. And so Lamar Jackson, his biggest thing is how how good of a um, timing does he have? His timing and camp hasn't been very good. Um, his accuracy's been off. Um, the power on his throws don't look that great, but he has been able to, uh, you know, get out of the pocket a little bit. And I know they've been trying to make him a better pocket passer. They've been working on his mechanics. And I think that's the most important thing is that his mechanics get better. Everything works out pretty well. Um, and he just continues to keep working. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a finished product and is I mean, he has to he has shown the ability to get better at what he does, but um it's not a finished product yet. So they're gonna have to keep working on that. And you wanna see him use um, I guess better throwing habits than he does, uh, than he's had. But now Josh Woodrum, you want to see him just be accurate. I mean, what has his MO been? During training camp last year, he was accurate. During training camp this year, he's been very accurate. His mechanics look good. He doesn't have the arm strength that these other guys do. And it's a reason why he, you know, is most likely – I mean, he's going to be on either on the practice squad or he's going to be on a practice squad of another team. He just doesn't have the arm talent that some of these other guys have. He's a really heady guy, really intelligent player, really accurate, um, but he just doesn't have that talent that these other guys have. So you're just looking for him to be accurate, hit his marks, you know, maybe show another team that maybe, hey, we need some depth at quarterback, maybe – some team, you might be able to dangle him for, like, a seventh rounder. Who knows? I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's a practice squad guy through and through. And some team knows he's going to be a practice squad guy. But RG3 definitely could be dangled in a trade talks. That's so interesting because I've always been talking about RG3. And if he has a good preseason, he could certainly be traded for maybe a sixth or seventh round pick because let's just say a team's starting quarterback gets hurt, they want more depth, or their backup gets hurt, they want more depth at the quarterback position. We've seen it time and time again before. 
And I think if he shows that, he one, he can stay healthy, he shows that he still has the talent that he once had. Because remember, the reason why he got out of the league wasn't because of, of talent. It was never because he didn't have the arm strength, he didn't have the football IQ. It was always because he couldn't stay healthy. So if he can prove that he can stay healthy, his knees look good, then he could certainly be a trade piece. I mean, there, I mean his contract, I think it's a million dollars, which is very cheap, and it's very affordable for any team to trade for. So he could be an interesting trade piece. Um, from Lamar Jackson, and he'll be the first to tell you this, what I'm going to say is he's got to get better mechanics. i got to see his delivery get better. His footwork at times is choppy. It's it's not what you want to see, and that's the issue with me with him is that's why like everyone's talking about his inaccuracies, and I think that part of the reason why he's so inaccurate is because of his inconsistent footwork and his inconsistent mechanics and delivery because at times he's just trying to get the ball out, and it's, and it's not that – that's always an issue because you see guys around the league with a lot of success who just get the ball out and it goes there. But Lamar Jackson at this point needs to hone in on his craft, and he's got plenty of time, in my opinion, to develop and get better. And the preseason's a great, a great starting point for him. He's just I got to see him make better football decisions. Um, at, at times in college, when you look at his tape, he tried to do too much with the football. There was a play that is ingrained in my mind. It was against North Carolina. It was in the red zone. It was third down, and he's about to get sacked. And he just and as he's getting hit, he just throws the ball up, and it almost gets intercepted and things like that. Are are somewhat common in his on his tape, and that's something that you got to see get improved. You got to see him get better with that in his decision making. Um, RG three, like I think you nailed that on the head. And Josh Woodrum, preseason superstar last year, struggled a little bit when he played against the second and first team guys after he get those reps after Mallet struggled a little bit. Uh, Woodrum, to me, you just got to show more accuracy. You got to just show that you have the football IQ and show that you belong. You know, I mean, I think he's a perfect practice squad candidate because I don't know or I don't believe, I should say, that the Ravens are going to keep three quarterbacks on their roster, but that's a totally different discussion for a different day. Let's shift to the running backs. Like I mentioned before, Alex Collins probably isn't going to play too much. Javorius Allen, if he does play, probably is only going to get maybe a series or two, if that. So really, and Kenneth Dixon has that hamstring injury, so he's going to be likely out of this game. So really, it's going to be on the, the three UDF, UDFA guys, um, Mark Thompson, Gus Edwards, and Delance Turner. So what are you kind of seeing from them? You kind of mentioned Mark Tom Thompson before. So the biggest thing that I've seen from all of them is that they all have shown different abilities. And I, I know uh, I talked a little bit about Mark Thompson, uh, but I will say, and I know, like you, like I said before, DeLance Turner has shown his abilities as a more well-rounded. Out of the three, he's the most well-rounded, my my personal opinion. Um, but Gus Edwards has shown that he's a power back. Mark Thompson's also shown that he's a power back. Um, Gus Edwards has a little bit more speed than Mark Thompson has. Um, and then you have, uh, I, I feel like with Mark Thompson, he has better hands than Gus Edwards does. Um, Gus Edwards' hands aren't that great. Uh, DeLance Turner out of the three, like I said, most well-rounded. I think that he's he could definitely make the team. I mean, I think all three of them have a good chance to make the team, especially with Kenneth Dixon always seemingly being on the men. I mean, we, we don't know what his health looks like. You know, he always has hamstring, maybe a knee. And I know the knee's kind of a catastrophic injury. That's something that you can't really call. You can't really call somebody soft because they have a knee injury, a serious one like he did last year. Um, But he's also had – he's had – he looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. But, yeah, with uh, Kenneth Dixon. But, yeah, you don't know if, know if his health is back. And when you have uncertainty about his health, one of these three guys will have the opportunity 
to make this team. I just don't know which one that is yet. So we're going to have to see during the preseason. Dude, that's such a good point about Kenneth Dixon. I mean, listen, this is a guy who's had three knee injuries since the Ravens drafted him. And then now he has a hamstring injury. Listen, I'm, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know if he's the same player he was when they first drafted him at this, at this point in time. And I'm not saying that he's going to not make the team. I speculated before training camp started that he might not make the roster. And that... That might be the case. I'm not really sure. I think right now he, it's more likely than not that he makes the team. But let's just say one of these UDFA guys look really good. You know, DeLance Turner's a guy that I'm high on. He's got a great jump cut. He's very explosive. He's agile. And he was a – I know he doesn't have that top-end speed, but he ran around the 4 or 5 range, I believe. And he really looks explosive on on tape where his he, – he was a home run threat. And I think that's the other element the Ravens need to this three-headed monster, you could say, with Collins and Allen. Uh, Gus Edwards is an intriguing uh, goal linebacker. He's very physical. He loves. It's, it's almost like he likes contact, maybe a little bit too much for my liking. But I do think that he could be a solid th- short yardage and goal linebacker. And then Mark Thompson's kind of like a hybrid, kind of of both of them. He's good, like you mentioned. He's great in pass protection. He's great in the passing game as well, and he's a solid runner as well. He's fi- he's a bigger body guy. He's physical. He really c- could have a chance to make the roster as well if he shows out. I mean, if all three of these guys right now have a prime opportunity tonight to make an op- to make an impact and you know make make their case. Switching to the tight ends, uh, this is going to be one of the most intriguing uh, positions to watch tonight because seemingly everyone's going to play a decent amount. Maybe Nick Nick Boyle might only play a couple of series because they know what they have with him, but Max Williams, Vince Mayo, Hayden Hurst, and Nick Kaiser is certainly going to get a, t- a ton of time. Mark Andrews is probably the only one that's not going to play because of a, the injury he's dealing with, that muscle tissue injury, whatever that is. But I'm curious to see what who produces, you know, Hurst has struggled a little bit in practice. What what are you kind of seeing from this group? Who do you think is going to be the standout? So, I mean, I think <laughs> I saw Hurst when he when he caught the ball. Um, I saw his explosion. And that's something that the Ravens haven't had out, out of a tight end since, like, I know this sounds crazy because it's comparing them to a Hall of Famer, but Shannon Sharp. So, I mean, I know that sounds wild. That sounds extremely wild, but you got to remember there's not usually the Ravens MO with tight ends is that they get this big guy that's kind of clunky. He has, he has really good hands, but he isn't the most explosive of guys, but he is, he is physical. He's tough and he fights through contact. That's Todd Heap, Dennis Pitta, those kind of guys, you know, but they, they haven't had a guy that will catch the ball be physical and run up the field and just have a lot of burst. And that's what Hayden Hurst has. I know that just rhymed, but uh yeah. Hayden Hurst is one of those guys that he he's athletic. He he shows a lot of speed and he I mean he's different. Max Williams, you know what? He's had a good camp himself. I know he people have been talking about maybe because Mark Andrews um, was drafted as well with Hayden Hurst. They thought Max Williams would be that guy that he would be one of the first guys to get cut. I don't think Max Williams is getting cut because he's looked incredible this this training camp. He's had really, I mean he's been running routes better. He looks a lot quicker. Um, his I know he can't. He's about a year and a half removed from that knee surgery. So since then, I mean I I know he didn't. He, last season he was kind of he looked slow. He didn't look as quick. This season, he looks way quicker. He looks like he's back to his college speed. And that's what you want to hear from Max Williams being a second-round pick. His hands look great. His hands look very good. Um, now, when it comes to 
Nick Boyle, Nick Boyle looks fine. I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to body you. <laughs> he's going to put all his weight in the blocks, and that's exactly what you want from that kind of tight end. Vince Maley, I really, really like what Vince Maley has shown so far. Um, if you're a Ravens fan, you want to look out for Vince Maley because his athleticism is probably out of out of all the Titans because he's also a former receiver himself. I know Mark Andrews was a former receiver, but Maley was a receiver in the NFL. Maley has a lot of speed. His athleticism is probably the best out of all the Titans. He might not be the best of blockers, but his special teams work will give him an opportunity to make the team. And he also showed last year, I mean, how many tight ends are running the end around, you know, or a jet sweep. He ran a jet sweep. A tight end ran a jet sweep for a touchdown. So you guys saw that on display last year. Vince Maley's a guy that can make it. Um, Nick Kaiser, he looked, it looked like his stock was shooting through the roof initially, but then last couple of practices, he's been really quiet. But he does have an opportunity to show what he can do during this first preseason games. Yeah, uh, well, the spin zone, uh, how many coordinators call that, you know, jet sweep to a tight end? So give give my boy Marty some credit. But, uh, no, that's definitely an interesting point. I definitely agree with you on, on a lot of those points is that Hayden Hurst, to me, has had an up-and-down training camp. At times, he's looked explosive. He's looked everything. as He was as good as advertised with his athleticism, things like that. You know, I mean, he's 25 years old, and I'm not saying that as a knock. I'm saying that physically he's where he's going to be for the rest of his career. You know, you get a lot of college guys out of college when they come out 21, 22-ish, so they still have time to grow and develop a little bit more. But I hate to say it. I hate to say it like this, but he's a grown man at this point. He is what he's going to be, and I think that that's kind of exciting for the Ravens, but you can also use that against him. Obviously, he's 25 years old contract whatever at the end of his rookie year if they do the fifth year option he'll be 30 years old I get that but that's neither here nor there let's talk about what the right now present day he's looked decent at times but he has had a couple drops which is certainly concerning to me because he's a guy in college he had like one or two drops total and now he has now he's had a couple drops in training camp what are you doing you know is that what's going on to me when I watched him the speed of the game it was just too fast for him right now he just wasn't adjusting it as quickly as I thought he would have you know but you got to remember went to baseball now he's back to football so maybe that it's a little bit of a it's a much different game to him because he's not one of those guys who I mean yeah he's played football for a good amount of his life but at some point when he dropped football, his football IQ was never one of his strengths. I'm not saying that he doesn't know anything about the game, but his football IQ is, is not where it might need to be at this point in time. Nick Kaiser, like you mentioned, he was like the talk of the town the first couple days. Everyone was impressed by his athleticism, his toughness. He took that big shot from Deshaun Elliott, and he just got right back up, made a, made a play next time. Uh, said I had a couple drops in camp. I, at this point, I would say he's more of a practice squad guy, but he's got intriguing measurables, could be a red zone target. Uh, he's certainly a guy to definitely watch out for, especially tonight when I expect he'll get a ton of playing time. Vince Mayo, that's so interesting that you talk about his athleticism because he's seemingly the forgotten guy. The Ravens really never tried him out as a premier tight end, I guess you should say. He's really only been a primary special teams guy and a blocker. But maybe you, maybe they were experimenting with him more, trying to see what they have with him. You know, I know he started in Dallas, and now he's here. And maybe there, there, there's more to him than we think that there really is. Uh, Mark Andrews, I really wanted to see him out on the field tonight. I think that I know it's only the Hall of Fame game. They have four more preseason games after this, but he needs that time and that chemistry with Joe Flacco. It's so vital. And Max Williams, I, I tend to disagree a little bit. I know that at times in practice he's looked all right, but he's had a couple of drops for my liking. and he st I didn't see the increase in speed that he usually is. I'm not... 
you're there a little bit more than me, so you, you might have be- he might have better days when I wasn't there, but I still think he has a ton to prove. Moving on to the offensive line, like I mentioned before in the opener, Ronnie Stanley probably won't play too much, maybe a series if that. Uh, Yonda obviously isn't playing, and then a couple of guys, might get, some of the starters might get a series or two, but that's really it. What are you really looking for out of this group? I'm just looking for the guys to block real well. I know that sounds simple, but, you know, these guys have to come crashing out. Show their footwork. I want to see if uh, James Hurst, his footwork has gotten a little bit better. It's shown in practice that he's uh, he's looked a lot more comfortable with where he's at. He's been playing some right guard in practice. Um, he looks real smooth. Um, but, you know, is his footwork going to be fine in game time? And I know he's not going to get, like, a lot of time because they want to keep him healthy, especially being that depth. Um, but that's really, I mean, though that and what we talked about with center, those are the two main things that I want to look for. Um, Orlando Brown looks fine. I mean, and with, with, uh, Ronnie Stanley, he probably won't play. So you're really, I mean, it's nothing too much to look for with the offensive line during this particular game. That's really interesting. Um, a couple of sleepers to look out for Andrew Donnell. Sort of a guy who can play right tackle. A lot of people are sleeping on him. He has an outside chance to make this roster. I know he played a little bit last year, and he's a solid right tackle. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't be certainly too comfortable with him being my starter, but as a, as a swing backup, I, I wouldn't mind him. I think he's pretty solid. But a guy that I want to mention that I want everyone to look out for on their program is number sixty-one, Cameron Lee, the guy they signed after Alex Thompson was placed on that uh, did not report list. And I actually, I don't know if you remember, but I tapped you and said, look at how fast he is because he's so fast and he's so explosive off the line. He's athletic. He plays guard. And I, I'm curious to see what he does in in-game action, you know. Interesting prospect. I, do I think he's going to make the team? Probably not. Maybe a practice squad candidate. But certainly got to look at, look out for wide receivers. Like I mentioned, Sneed, Crabtree, and Brown probably aren't going to play too much. Chris Moore might get some burn for a couple of series, but that's really it. Really, this is going to be about the kind of the bubble guys at this game where we're talking about our Perrymans, White, Lasley, Scott, CFL superstar, Devier Posey, Jalen Acklin, Janarian Grant, Baltimore native, Andre Levron. So what are you looking for? Who you who you keying in on? What are you thinking? Receiving-wise, I think Tim White has shown what he can do. And, he, I mean, he showed it last pre- preseason. So uh, you're going to see a lot of Chris Moore. Chris Moore is going to show out. I want to see what Jalen Acklin can do because I've seen his route running has been really good. But he has had some drop. Um, He's gone back and made really good catches, though. You also want to see, I guess, all the way down the line, Andre LeBron. Uh, you want to see him, too. He's been physical. It looks like him and Flacco have had a pretty solid rapport during practice. Um, but, yeah, those are the few guys that I'm looking out for. You want to see what Perriman can do as well. That, that can't be stated enough. So those are just a few of the things that I'm looking for. Absolutely. Uh, Perriman obviously is going to be the, the star of the show tonight where everyone's going to be looking at him, analyzing what he does because this is – for him, every single game is going to be so important. I don't care who he's going against. The Ravens have to see consistency. He didn't struggle too much last year with creating separation. It was more so catching the football, and he's got to prove that he can consistently do that. And you're going to hear me use that C word consistently a lot because Perryman at times, pretty much his entire career has been up and down, up and down. you got to see him kind of stay even keel, be more consistent with the ball. Jordan Lasley is another guy that I'm going to be looking out for because can he – Proved to me again that he can consistently catch the football. At times, he's looked explosive. At times, he's looked incredible. And he's looked like what Mel Kuyper said was a first-round talent. 
now you go to the, the downside with him where his drops. I mean, his drops are huge. And, and he's had a little bit of an attitude problem from what I've seen at camp. You know, like he gets down on himself when he makes mistakes, kind of lashes out sometimes. And people, coaching members of the coaching staff and players have had to go up to him and talk to him. He's got to com- keep his composure. That's so key at this level, especially with the way that they're throwing flags all the time for unsportsmanlike conducts, things like that. Um, I want to switch quickly to the returner competition. Tim White is seemingly the favorite. Jerry Rosberg, special teams coordinator, said that he's going to get the first reps there. Does anybody else have a shot at this competition? Or you think it's just Tim White's job? I mean, it's his job to lose, but do you think that there's anyone else that can even come close to competing with him? Well, Janarian Grant looks great in uh, kick and punt recovery. I mean, punt return. So, I mean, you have a guy that has that explosion. I think the differences between him and Tim White is that Tim White can do that and he can be a receiver. He's looked really good in rec- in receiving. Um, They've had him go up against Marlon Humphrey and he's given Marlon Humphrey the, the blues to be completely honest. So when you have a guy that can do that to starting cornerback and a guy that was drafted in the first round and a really good starting cornerback at that, I feel like that kind of guy that can do both, um, he's going to have that opportunity to make the team. And I think he will be on the team. So I think Janarian Grant, you still have with him. You have a guy that could be on a practice squad um, if another team doesn't take a look at him as a, a punt or a kick returner. So he does have that opportunity. As for some of the other guys that have also been doing punt and kick returns, um, Willie Sneed's been doing punt and kick returns. John Brown has also been doing punt and kick returns. They've been looking pretty solid doing that, but you also don't want to get those guys injured because they're your one and two receivers. So you don't want those guys getting injured. So don't have them go out. And I know they're not going to be doing it today. So it doesn't really matter today what uh, John Brown and Willie Sneed are going to do when it comes to punting kick returns. Because, they're not, I mean, they're just not going to be out there. Alex Collins also took kick returns back too. So I don't think he's going to be doing that. Um, I, I think Willie Sneed may be a, a guy that will do it the most out of all those guys that I mentioned that are starters that do punt and kick returns um, because he has had that experience in the past, but I don't think it's not happening tonight, obviously. Yeah, Janarian Grant's definitely got to look out for. I think Grant, at one college, he really didn't make any impact on the offensive side of the ball, but he was just so electric. He broke several records at Rutgers as a returner. I mean, he's just so dynamic and shifty and elusive. He can definitely take that job from Tim White. He's kind of that dark horse candidate. Switching to the defense, We'll start with the safeties, I guess. Tony Jefferson and Eric Weddle probably aren't going to play. Uh, so you're going to look at guys like Deshaun Elliott, Kai Nukwey, um, Anthony Levine, Chuck Clark. Those guys are really going to have to step up. And at this point, I think that the, the safety competition is really none. I mean, it's just going to be those five. I mean, Kai Nukwey is fighting for a job. But at this point, I just don't think he's – because of the roster crunch, I just don't really think he has a chance to make the team. But – I'm curious to see what Deshaun Elliott looks like in, in, in full action because he's been so aggressive and and physical. I'm curious to see how that's going to play in the NFL, especially with the new rule changes geared towards the helmet hits, you know. But he definitely looked good in practice thus far. Yeah, Deshaun Elliott looks like a – I mean, he looks like he's going to rip somebody's head off every time he goes out there. And, I mean, that would have been great, let's say, about 12 years ago. I still think he's a good player. And I think he his physicality will show still show up in the NFL, um, but he he will have to kind of scale that back a little bit just because the new rule changes. Um, and I think he'll be able to fit in. He's a young enough guy that he'll be able to change the way that he hits. 
um, you will worry a little bit more about this if it was an older guy that has had, you know, issues with hitting guys up high. Um, but Deshaun Elliott, I wouldn't worry too much about him. Chuck Clark's also looked really good, too, um, in practice. So certain days he's been filling in for Tony Jefferson. Um, it looks like the defense hasn't really missed a beat when Chuck Clark's, uh, Clark has been in there. And I know Tony Jefferson is looking a lot better, too, um, just because they've had him in a more comfortable situation. Um, certain times they've been putting him in a box a little bit more. Uh, I think Tony Jefferson, he's also put on some weight, too. Just looks a lot more muscular. Looks like he's ready to uh, stick his head out there. You know, just put his neck out there for the front seven, with the front seven. And I think um, you got a guy that will be in a little bit more comfortable, of a comfortable situation. And then with uh, Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle, he gets picks. Um, that's what he does. So you just have to see what the Ravens will do tonight. Um I think Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, those are the guys that I'm keying in on when it comes to the safeties. Good stuff, good stuff. Switching to cornerbacks, Jimmy Smith probably isn't going to play. Marlon Humphrey, I know he's had an up-and-down training camp performance. Nothing to worry about there. Don't think he's going to play more than maybe a series, if that. Brandon Carr, another veteran, probably not going to play. So it's going to be kind of on the younger guys. Tavon Young's probably going to get limited action as well. I'd be surprised if Kennedy played at all. They might hold Young out also just because – He's coming back from that ACL injury, and you just don't know at this point if it, how healthy he is. I know he's been a full participant in practice, but is it really worth risking? So you're going to have guys maybe like Bennett Jackson, Anthony Averett, Darius Williams, uh, Stanley John-Baptiste, the guy that I'm pretty high on, Jackson Porter. You're going to have those guys kind of step up. And to me, the guys to watch for are going to be Anthony Averett and Darius Williams. Darius Williams is, is being criminally underrated. He was a great prospect out of University of Alabama, Birmingham. I don't know how he went on draft. He was a ball hawk in his final year. Kind of slipped under the slipped through the cracks. And he's a guy that I don't know if he's going to make the team solely because of Baltimore's depth at cornerback. But he's still such a playmaker. And he's a ball hawk. And I think that's going to show. And that's going to play in tonight's game. I definitely like Darius Williams. I mean, he's been showing that he's a very solid prospect. Um, and then you also have Anthony Averett, who has been taking. I mean, what's crazy about Anthony Averett is that he was taking first-team snaps when Jimmy Smith was out. So you got a guy that's all the way, you know, he's a rookie, and he's taking first-team snaps alongside a guy that he actually took first-team snaps with at Alabama. So they, you know, they already know how to work together. Marlon Humphrey is going to sit out tonight too. Um, but, you, I mean, like, like you said, you got a guy with Darius Williams, with Anthony Averett, um, even I, I haven't seen much from Jackson Porter, um, but Stanley John Baptiste, um, he looks pretty good as well. You would hope Jalen Hill could come back eventually um, this season because I, I think Jalen Hill, he, he provides that kind of uh, that other that more depth that they need at corner. He's he's a really good prospect as well. He's a young guy that you want to look for, uh, you know, down the line. But back to Averitt, he, to me, out of these young guys, he's going to be that guy that gets that most time and gets the most opportunities to succeed. Yeah, Averitt certainly flashed, uh, and he was a classic Ozzie Newsom pick again, you know, where Ravens certainly did not have any needed cornerback, but they just took him as he was the best player available, and I don't think there's really any question about that. Um, switching to linebackers, so Ibis Suggs probably isn't going to play. Matthew Judah might get a couple – 
couple here and there, a couple series. Darius Smith will probably get a couple series as well, but it's going to be a lot on Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser, and also Bronson Kafusi and Kamalai Correa will get a, will get reps at outside linebacker as well. I believe those guys will be kind of the main get, get a majority of the snaps that, that at those positions because the Ravens are seemingly experimenting with them, trying to see if there's different ways to get them involved uh, defensively. And then inside linebacker, C.J. Mosley probably isn't going to play more than maybe a series, if that. Peanut's going to play a little bit. Kenny Young's going to get an extended amount of playing time. You know, I'm excited to see him, but I, I, the thing I'll be looking for with Kenny Young is how can he stop the run because he's great in coverage. He showed that in college. He showed that in training camp. He's just struggled against the run. I'm got to get better against the run. And then Albert McClellan might get some time here and there. I mean, coming off that ACL injury, could get could get a, a veteran day, I guess you could say. Van Bradley, like we mentioned, is on the pup list. Chris Board, a guy who you're pretty high on. Um, UDFA is kind of slipping under the cracks. And Miles Humphrey and Alvin Jones. Uh, the guy to watch for me would be Miles Humphrey. You know, he's seemingly versatile. He can play, he's kind of like McClellan. He can play inside or outside linebacker. He was a defensive end in college, you know, and he's physical. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got special teams ability. There's a ton to like with Miles Humphrey. Yeah, Miles Humphrey has shown that he. I mean, for whatever reason, I don't. I don't know why, but they have him listed as a defensive lineman. He hasn't been on the D line at all. He's been working straight up with linebackers, but he's looked pretty good in practice. Um, Alvin Jones looks like a special teams guy. He's a little undersized. He he may be about like five foot ten, honestly. Um, so a little bit more than undersized. He's very undersized, but you're going to see a lot from him today. You're also going to see a lot from Humphrey, like I said before. I think also you got you got a couple other guys that are going to show some stuff too. Chris Board made a very good play, and I know I kind of – we talked about Chris Board. I don't think – you said you don't think he's making the team. I think that he has a shot to make the team just because Bam Bradley's out. And then you also don't know with, uh, you know, you want somebody behind Albert McClellan that could kind of do what he can do as well. Um, and then you got Kenny Young, who I think is going to be the starting middle linebacker alongside C.J. Mosley. I don't know what you think about that, um, but Kenny Young's been looking very good. So I think he has the shot to solidify himself as a starter alongside C.J. Mosley and make a name for himself. Well, I think they're only going to keep four inside linebackers, and C.J. Mosley's spot's locked. Awasu's spot is locked. I think Kenny Young's spot is also locked. So that leaves one final spot for McClellan, uh, Board, Alvin Jones, I guess you can say, Miles Humphrey, whoever you want, but or, or Kamalai Correa as well. But the thing is, and the reason why Bam Bradley's injury is kind of crucial because that's one less guy, but it's on the pup list, which is kind of good for them because that's extra depth. You know, after six weeks, he can come back on the roster. Let's say someone's underperforming, someone gets hurt, you can put, you can just instantly activate Bam Bradley off the pup list. And um, defensive line, I hope I don't see Brent Urban tonight coming back from that list for rank injury. He's been a full participant in practice. I don't want to see him just because he's very injury prone at this point. There's five preseason games. Let him kind of rest and relax. Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams probably get limited snaps as well, as, as will Willie Henry. Carl Davis, Chris Wormley, Zach Siler, Chris and LeCouture, and Brontek Fusi are all guys to watch. Kafusi is fighting for his, his career in Baltimore at this point. He's going to have to show some things. Like I mentioned, he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to get snaps at outside linebacker as well. Zach Seiler, key in on him. 
He's looked explosive. He's looked fast. He's looked electric. I think that he could steal that that final defensive line spot because he's looked so good at this point. In pre- and I know it's hard to put a lot of stock into in the defensive line, especially in those kind of drills. But when I look at him in the individual drills, he just looks the part of a five tech. He just looks. He's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. He's, his hand technique is all right. He's got a, li- a little bit raw. Still, still raw at this point in terms of his technique and his moves. But I still want to see more from him. I, I, I but I, I want to see it in live action because I think. Think it could eventually be put together and you know it's, it's going to be a cherished pick because it's Ozzie Newsom's last ever pick as a GM and it could bode well it's certainly not going to be his best pick but it could bode well and be, be one of the sleepers of that draft class yeah I agree I mean I think Zach Sealer he looks the part he definitely looks the part he looks like a con I mean you see him wearing that 95 and I know that's a that's a really story number in Baltimore with uh, Jared Johnson um he looks like he's a hustler just like Jared Johnson was he's gonna put in all the effort that he possibly can but at the same time he still has that athleticism I mean you got a guy that you found at Ferris State you know not known for football that much um they're division two school and you're finding guys from down there they found Brandon Williams before so if if he's a guy that stood out down there and they found him and you got him in the seventh round, I mean he's gonna stay. I mean he he has that talent already. If you if you're a Division two player and you make it to the NFL, you had to be the best of the best in Division two. So he's gonna be a guy that gives you all that you can possibly get, and I think he's gonna surprise some people. And you shouldn't sleep on Zach Sealer. Absolutely, and we'll go into our final segment. We give our predictions. I wrote an article why I outlined my predictions. We can find it on BaltimoreBeatdown.com. I'll just share one of them because I'll give you one prediction. My bold prediction. It's actually not that bold. I think Darius Williams is going to get an interception. The kid's special. He's a ball hawk in college. He's certainly going to take advantage of some of the Chicago's lesser wide receivers. But I hope, and this is just me dreaming, I hope that Darius Williams gets to line up against Anthony Miller because I really want to see that matchup and see how he matches up against some of Because Anthony Miller is a guy who can certainly make an impact this year for the Bears. If you're the Ravens, you want to see these guys actually line up against them. Um, line up against Anthony Miller, line up against Kevin White, who I know is also kind of their version of Brashad Perriman where he's been out, he's had his injuries. You don't know if he'll be uh, on this team like that. They have to step up against those guys that have that experience that also have that kind of talent like Anthony Miller has. And um, you'll, you'll want to see that, those cornerback battles. Anthony Averett's going to have to step up. Darius Williams is going to have to step up um, and maybe even, I mean, you're going to see a bunch of guys kind of sliding into different positions. They want to be the most versatile of defenses as well. So we're going to have to see uh, at the end of the night, which guys are going to make those plays, which guys are going to stand out. Absolutely. And you don't forget to check us out on BaltimoreBeatdown.com. We will have plenty of coverage tonight. I will be putting out a film piece. I think it's going to come out Friday morning, so look out for that, whatever happens in the game. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at RealLoganMovie. And you can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleAndrews1994. Uh, you hear the music. Uh, we're out.
My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.